Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's Erica Ayala here, back for another episode on Locked on Women's Basketball. On today's show, we're going to recap week one, the midweek games. We're going to talk about some of the 2020 rookies through the first two games and get you ready for the weekend slate. Again, my name is Erica Lindsay Ayala. I'm one of the new Locked on Women's Basketball co-hosts. We have Gabe and Amy who will traditionally be holding down the fort on Mondays, but you would have heard them yesterday as well. I have Tuesdays and Thursdays, Lindsay Gibbs of Think Progress fame, of Power Plays fame, of Burn It All Down fame. We'll have you on Wednesdays, and Howard Megdal, our fearless leader, on Wednesdays. Fridays. So if you are not already subscribed to Locked on Women's Basketball, now's the perfect time. You've only missed two games, but we are on five days a week bringing you women's basketball coverage. And right now, that means the WNBA. After we've had two six-game slates, actually three, four, goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble keeping up. We've had uh, games Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday, Wednesday. So let me give you a quick recap of what we saw in the WNBA. On Tuesday, in the midweek, the Mystics continued their undefeated streak, and they defeat the Connecticut Whale, and they defeat the Connecticut Sun 94-89. Also on Tuesday night, the Chicago Sky stay undefeated as they beat the Sparks 96-78. The Seattle Storm get their second win of the season, beating the Minnesota Lynx 90-66. And shout out to Gabe and Amy. They uh, gave some love to the one, the only, Sweet Sill, Sylvia Fowles from Miami. Uh, Those two are Miami alum. And uh, Sylvia Fowles became the all-time leading rebounder in the WNBA, passing her former teammate and current coach, Rebecca Brunson. Unfortunately, also, we saw Karima Christmas Kelly go down with an injury. We got the report that it's a a ruptured Achilles. And, of course, we are wishing Karima Christmas Kelly the best. Um, We know she's just coming back from knee injury, so... I'm sure that she is none too pleased with the news, but wishing her a speedy recovery. All right, so that's Tuesday. Let's go to Wednesday. On Wednesday, the Indiana Fever get their first win of the season, 106 to 100 over the Phoenix Mercury. Bria Hartley had an amazing game, but it just wasn't enough. Heard uh, Sandy Brondello in the postgame talk about Diana Taurasi. Didn't have a great shooting uh, her first two outings, but, um, you know, that's something that DT, we know she'll get back into the swing of things, and uh, the teams will hit the court again very soon. The Dallas Wings get their first win of the season, 93-80 over the New York Liberty. We're going to talk about two rookies, three actually, from this game in particular. 
Wednesday night, the last game of the night. The Las Vegas Aces defeat the Atlanta Dream 100-70. to The Aces now are one of many teams to have a split series. Let me run through the standings as of Thursday for you. This is as of this morning. Here are our standings. You have Seattle in first place, Washington and Chicago second and third. All three of those teams are undefeated 2-0 on the season. Behind Chicago, we have the Las Vegas Aces, the Atlanta Dream, the Dallas Wings, the Los Angeles Sparks, the Minnesota Lynx, and the Indiana Fever all sit at one and one. One win, one loss on the season. So that's four through nine. Spots four through nine belong to the Aces, the Dream, the Wings, the Sparks, the Lynx, and the Fever. And then 10 through 12, Connecticut, 0 for 2 on the season. The Connecticut Sun are winless in the first two games. New York also, and the Phoenix Mercury. So those are the standings as they as they stand, as of right now. Um, early thoughts. Seattle looks really good. In the WNBA, one thing that always matters is experience. Experience. If you ask anyone that's covered this league for a number of uh, years, the players with, or the teams, excuse me, with experience, uh, veterans of the league, preferably with championships, but definitely veterans of the league that have had experience going through the ringer. That is important for a WNBA season because the WNBA season is so short. It's a 22-game per team regular season. Each team will play 22 games. So halfway is 11. 11 games is halfway. And easily, that's just when these teams are going to start gelling, especially with so many young talented rookies in the league and we're going to get into the rookies so first thoughts Seattle's looking good and I do think that comes from experience but that's not all because it's also about fitness you could argue that Phoenix has a very experienced team including adding Skylar Diggins-Smith, Bria Hartley, Kia Vaughn but they're not they're winless so it's not just experience, it's how everyone gels. We do know a lot of those players are coming back from injury, haven't played in over a year. So that, of course, can factor in to the scenario. Indiana. I'm excited to see Indiana, and, and we'll get into the matchups that they have coming for the rest of the week and through the weekend, but... Can Marion Stanley, can Marianne Stanley really turn this Indiana team around? Both Mitchells, Kelsey Mitchell and Tiffany Mitchell, amazing games last night. Twitter was a flutter with how impressive those two looked, and they're going to need that. Indiana's definitely going to need that. And uh, I also want to talk about New York, but that will come later in the show. Coming up next, though, I'm going to take a look at the 2020 rookies. We're going to look at the class through the first two games. Uh, but first, I want to remind you, start your mornings with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axio Today host 
Nyla Boudou and her team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping the world. So about these rookies, it's a small sample size, but rookie performances will be key for this non-traditional WNBA season. But you know what? Innovation is definitely the sign of the times, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about rockauto.com. These days, there's an ever-increasing number of car makes and models that makes it now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the salesperson ordering the parts on the computer chooses only the brand they happen to carry? In these days of social distancing, we're doing everything online while well, you can now access rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. This is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Make sure you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So before we get into the 2020 rookie class, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball. We have new shows for Hoops fans Monday through Friday, every week, Monday through Friday. Tomorrow, Howard Magdal will chat with Atlanta Dream head coach Nikki Cullen. As I mentioned earlier, the Dreams sit at one and one. Kennedy Carter has been a player that has really stood out, and we're going to get into Kennedy Carter and her numbers a little bit more. But obviously, Atlanta still has some work to do. So here, Howard Mengtel and Nikki Cullen on Locked On Women's Basketball tomorrow. That's Friday. But you know what? Atlanta is not alone with having some amazing rookie talent and having to adjust to what that means. Dallas has the youngest team by age in the entire league. But you know what? The New York Liberty are not far behind. Then you have the Los Angeles Sparks, which are this really unique mix of players that have 10 plus or 8 to 10 plus years in the league, and then some just teetering around, you know, three or four years. So they, when I asked Candace Parker, she likened the team to the the younger sibling. She wants this Los Angeles Sparks to play like the younger sibling. And that's just, hey, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, but you just go out there, you do it, you have fun. And I think that's overall this league. And not just because of the rookies, but also because of the circumstances. But we're going to talk about the rookies. There are three names that have risen to the top. Even just in the first two games, I don't think that it's surprising by any stretch of the imagination um, but we're gonna talk. We'll talk about those three players. A few that a few things to to take note of as we look at this rookie class that they've had the most rest of any rookie class coming into a WNBA season. Of course, coronavirus impacted the NCAA tournament. We don't have an NCAA champion for 2020. And on the plus side, that means that their bodies are healthy, rejuvenated. Anyone coming back from injury, unfortunately. There were other things than basketball that were front of mind, such as coronavirus. And in fact, keeping social distant, 
socially distant quarantining has had its impact on an elite athlete. First, let's talk about rookies Megan Walker and Lauren Cox. Unfortunately, both tested positive before entering the WNBA bubble or wobble, as it is known. LaChina, LaChina Robinson, why, why are you hating on wobble? I'm going to use wobble. I'm a use wobble anyway. <laughs> Megan Walker and Lauren Cox are the only two rookies that have tested positive for COVID-19 prior to entering the bubble. Walker re- did rejoin the New York Liberty yesterday, but she didn't play very many minutes. Lauren Cox has not yet hit the court in an official game for the Indiana Fever. In addition to rookies that have contracted, unfortunately, coronavirus. And there are other players in the WNBA that have as well. There are also some rookies like Jasmine Jones, who's coming off injury. So what I'm going to do now is play some post-game, in the case of Walt Hopkins, some post-game audio from the post-game conference from head coach of the New York Liberty, Walt Hopkins. Then you will hear from Marianne Stanley, who gives an update on Lauren Cox. This update was for the pregame, so prior to the win against Phoenix last night. So here we go. Walt Hopkins, Marianne Stanley. Coach, I know um, Megan and Jasmine didn't have a lot of time on court, but Jasmine a little bit more. What were your thoughts of just them getting their feet wet in their their first game? I mean, they they didn't look – quite a hundred percent either one of them um i thought they both did some good things uh, i thought jazz was was really assertive to be honest that she just looked a step off um and with megan it's totally understandable uh and with jazz too i mean she's she's coming off an ankle injury and um uh, i don't i didn't see anything you know that that was alarming with either one of them by any means but uh I just didn't think that either one of them was really at a at hundred percent and it, it showed at different points. And the second half is, um, I know Lauren shot around today, apparently any shot she get some time tonight. Uh, we're going to wait and see. I'd say it's uh, questionable right now. Thanks coach. Sure. I'm Michelle Vopel. Yeah. Um, coach, can you just, I, I know you haven't really had much time at all to, uh, to evaluate Lauren, but when she's able to play, can you give us a sense of what you think she'll add? And can you give us a, an update on Erica Wheeler? Hey, uh, as far as Lauren, you know, she adds uh, another physical post presence who's mobile, who uh, likes to defend, who likes to block shots. Uh, she's also an extremely skilled passer. So I see her being a kind of player that no matter what we're running uh, offensively, she's going to make people better around her because of her skill set. Um, she's got a couple nice moves around the basket, and I think she's an underrated uh, face-up shooter. If you go back to her junior year, I thought she shot the ball extremely well, including from the three-point line. So, you know, once she gets her legs under her and gets a few practices, I think you're going to start seeing uh, the Lauren that, that we know we've got. And as far as Erica Wheeler, uh, she's still in the protocol. Uh, we're in the process trying to get her down here. We hope any day now, uh, but she's not here in Bradenton at the moment and hope to have her soon, very soon. So again, through Megan Walker, through Jazz Jones and Lauren Cox, we see that there have been things that COVID-19 have, have impacted. Injuries have also plagued 
the rookie class. Um, but just a few rookies that I'd like to call out before giving you th- those who are leading in the stats categories. Brittany Brewer, she's a rookie with the Atlanta Dream. She leads all rookies with four blocks. She got her first uh, minutes against the Las Vegas Aces. Nikki Collins said she did not necessarily like that matchup. Uh, that is Brewer on both Asia Wilson and Dierica Hamby. Uh, and it was a little bit of trial by fire for her rookie, but she did get four blocks. So uh, the Texas Tech alum got her first minutes, but Cullen gave that as an example of someone that needs a little more time to, to be refined and, and to, to get some more time in there. I also want to give a shout out to Ty Harris. Comes from South Carolina, playing for the Dallas Wings. She is second among all rookies in three-pointers made. Uh, in two games for Dallas, she has 10 points and five assists for the one-on-one Wings. Now, Ty Harris is one of the players that, in his postgame after the win over the New York Liberty, that head coach Brian Agler said can really is, is really good off the dribble, can create her own shot, and that that is going to be important for the Dallas Wings moving forward. So Coach Brian Agler liking what he's seeing from Ty Harris. But now we're going to go to the top three. And we'll start actually with someone else from the Dallas Wings, and that is one Satu Sabali. Sabali, also a player that Agler likes uh, as an option to build off of the dribble, make her own shot, create her own shot. And I saw Satu's game, uh, the first game against Atlanta. You could tell she was nervous. She didn't feel like she was quite within herself in that first game. But man, she really showed that she can be an excellent passer. And that's always great when you have someone who can pass from the perimeter down to the post. And if that person happens to play at the post as well, even better, um, you know, that they know what to look for. She's got great vision on the court. Next up, Kennedy Carter. Kennedy Carter for Atlanta, tied for most assists among all rookies with 11 in two games. Came up huge for Atlanta in their opening game with a stat line of 18 points, eight assists, and seven rebounds. She also scored 11 points last night in the dream loss to the Aces. And finally, we have Sabrina Ionescu of the New York Liberty. I think she struggled a little bit, certainly by her standards and what we're used to. She has, but still managed to find 12 points, six rebounds, and four assists in her debut with the Liberty. Then came the Dallas Wings game, and <laughs> Sabrina went off. She produced well over 50% of the offense for the New York Liberty in their loss to the Dallas Wings. She finished the night with 33 points, seven assists, and seven rebounds. She also had five turnovers. We know from that Sabrina Ionescu, not a big fan of the turnovers. So overall, folks, I think all of the rookies have things they want to improve upon, but we're also seeing glimmers of what these rookies can be. I'm gonna give you the matchups to watch and my analysis of one of the 12 WNBA teams coming up. Before we let you go for the week, and before you hear from Howard tomorrow, I want to give you a rundown of the matchups we will see coming up first this evening, Thursday, July 30th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. The Seattle Storm take on the Washington Mystics. 
both undefeated on the season. That will happen on ESPN. I think this is going to be a good matchup. Uh, I think Seattle is probably the team that will come through, but Washington's looking pretty good, and this will be a, a good matchup, a good test for both teams. At 8 p.m., Chicago versus the Minnesota Lynx. And then the 10 p.m. game is the Connecticut Sun versus the Los Angeles Sparks. Remember, Connecticut's still looking for their first win. Dewana Bonner's been a little banged up for them, but uh, other things that they'll really have to refine if they want to be a competitive team this season. On Friday, July 31st, the New York Liberty and the Atlanta Dream go head-to-head. Kennedy Carter versus Sabrina Ionescu. This could be really fun to watch. I'm really excited for this one. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's on NBA TV. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's the Indiana Fever versus the Dallas Wings. I think in some ways this could be a really good test for both teams as they have some good elements that they're really looking to activate. And I think that where these teams are now would complement each other to make this a pretty competitive game. This could be pretty competitive. I don't think it will be high scoring, but it could be competitive between the two teams. At 10 p.m. on July 31st, the Las Vegas Aces take on the Phoenix Mercury. Phoenix looking for their first win. Will they get it on Friday? Then Saturday, August 1st, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, the Minnesota Lynx versus the Connecticut Sun. 6 p.m. game is the Washington Mystics versus the Chicago Sky, another game that could be a lot of fun to watch. These two teams are quick. They've got young talent that play a gritty style of basketball. I like this one. That's on NBA TV. 8 p.m. on Saturday, it's the Los Angeles Sparks versus the Seattle Storm. Sunday, we get things started 1 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Phoenix Mercury versus the New York Liberty. Now, if the Phoenix Mercury do not win Friday against the Aces, I really fear for the New York Liberty because I think the Mercury, they have a lot of experienced veterans that are going to take it over their ego and their drive to win is going to take over. And I mean that in the best way possible for the Phoenix Mercury. That could be a really tough go for the New York Liberty. And I think it's going to be regardless. You know, you have the OGs, the big three for Phoenix, and seven rookies for Walt Hopkins and the New York Liberty. I think Phoenix is going to hit another level on Sunday. That's on ESPN. 3.30 p.m. on Sunday, the Atlanta Dream versus the Indiana Fever. And then 6 p.m., it's the Dallas Wings versus the Las Vegas Aces. Before we go for the day I want to do a deep dive into the New York Liberty. I, the New York Liberty have moved on in a lot of different ways. They have a new head coach. They left Westchester County Center. They have a new owner and they have a new franchise player. That being Sabrina Ionescu, an official partnership with the Nets. There's a lot of newness. I mentioned the seven rookies. What's not new is that the New York Liberty are still very reliant on one or two players to hit double digits in order to have an effective offense, and that's going to be a challenge. I asked Walt Hopkins, who built his team knowing that he wanted to have more of a positionless style, and he also really wanted to push his team for everyone on the team to shoot three-pointers. We've already seen that with Kia Stokes, who has a career high in three-pointers and who Walt Hopkins said is his most efficient 
shooter from that mark. However, I don't think that the Liberty have hit a balance in kind of seeking that three-point shot versus seeking a shot uh, that they can get on the board, so that they can get on the board. So I asked Walt about that. Here's what he had to say. Thank you so much. Thanks. Erica Ayala. Um, Coach, I'd like to build off of Sarah's question, if I may. Um, thinking about um, shot selection um, when running through the offense, I know that you have always wanted to build this team to be a three-point shooting uh, team, but how much uh, of that is a balance between getting up three-pointers and, and you know, taking good quality shots to get on the board? Absolutely. Um, we definitely talk about the quality of different three-point shots. Um, uh, I talked to one of the players after their, their first few minutes in that we, I, I thought she jacked up a, a three, a contested three that, you know, it just wasn't the type of shot that we want. It's something you can get at any point in the shot clock. Um, and it's still a, a learning process of, of them getting used to what we want and understanding what the parameters are. Um, and I think that uh, to some extent, that's always going to be trial and error. You know, you can talk about it a lot in practice. You can write it on everything that we have, you know, that's circulated through the team. But um, still, you're just going to need to go through and, and, and mess it up in a game and continue to get that feedback. Um, so it's, it's definitely something we talk about. I didn't think that we got into the paint as much as we would have liked to, even if it's, uh, you know, for a kick out for a three ball. I thought the times that we did, um, we got really good looks. And, and those are the types of threes that we want to shoot. But to your point, we don't just want to shoot threes to shoot threes. That's, that's not at all um, the point of the offense. It, it should be a nice balance of getting into the paint, driving kick, moving without the ball, cutting when they overplay us. Um, but uh, again, I think all that stuff requires us to be more physical and a step quicker than we were tonight. So overall, what I'm looking for from the New York Liberty for their games the remainder of this week is to tighten up offensively, is to be more disciplined, is to move a little bit more. We saw Sabrina Ionescu do that in the game versus the Dallas Wings, and that's why she was able to be effective. She was not just shooting from the perimeter, but she was penetrating toward the rim. Unfortunately, what I think is also residue of New York Liberty teams of the past is that once that first player or so activates the rest of the team, it's almost like they're waiting on the outside on the perimeter. And that was actually something that the broadcast last night talked about in depth. It was very noticeable. That's going to have to change. Now, Lasia Clarendon, I think, is doing a great job cutting uh, to the rim. I think also Sabrina Ionescu has done that. But... As much as you may want your three, four, five position player to be able to shoot from the perimeter, that's very different from them actually waiting on the perimeter for them to be fed the ball there. That makes it very easy for the defense to collapse and essentially dare you to make your three-pointers. Which right now, the New York Liberty is not doing. So yes, look for the shot, but as Walt said, there is a balance and there's a, there's a tipping of the scale between looking for three-point shots and taking good three-pointers. And essentially what I would like to see the Liberty do and is play in the paint a little bit more. They're not doing that. They have the size to do that. If that's what Dallas could do to them, then when they play the Aces, when they play Phoenix, when they play Indiana, that's going to be a problem. 
So looking for them to be smarter with their shot selection, looking for them to penetrate in the paint, uh, get some shots in the paint, and looking for them to find their level of aggression. They really have to get more aggressive, get more physical. If they want to be plus 500, this would be the first time in two seasons if the Liberty can have a winning record going into the playoffs. want to remind you, on my Tuesday shows, I'm going to do a question of the episode that I will tweet from my personal account. So make sure you are following me at elindsay 8 E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. We will go over our question of the episode. Until then, enjoy WNBA. Basketball is back. And you can, of course, enjoy more Locked On Women's Basketball on your platform of choice, wherever you listen to your podcast. And you're not going to want to miss tomorrow with Howard Mendel.